Hey, everyone. Kristen here. Angelenta. And reminder, we are going on a break for a few weeks while we work on the next exciting iteration of the show. But we don't want to leave you with an empty feed. So by popular demand, we are re-releasing the first season of By the Book. That is right, the season that started it all. (laughs) So sit back and relax and think of simpler times when we were just beginning to wade into the waters of self-help. And if you want more of us, be sure to join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Kristen Angelenta. We're also on Instagram at howtobefinepod. And now, without further ado, we present Season 1 of By the Book. Enjoy! The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. Do you believe in magic? If by magic you mean there are people like David Copperfield and Siegfried and Roy who do magic tricks for a living, then yes, what's not to believe in? They get paid to do magic for a living. I am not talking about illusionists, Kristen. Please stop being so literal. Do you believe in magic? I believe in the magic in my heart, which is my love for you as a good friend. I believe there are things like... Art and music that are transcendent. Yeah, I know. Those are beautiful, but not magic. I know what you mean. What do I mean? I know what you're getting at. What you, am I getting at? You're getting at Marie Kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying up. Yup. You have been dying to do this book for ever. It literally promises to be magical and to change your life. But yeah. Is it really going to work? We're going to find out. Because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain, so you need some help. Ooh, yeah, some self-help. By the book. By the book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually works. Today, our book is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo is a Japanese organizational consultant whose method is known as KonMari. Am I pronouncing that right? KonMari. KonMari. Oh, gosh. It's a combination of, of parts of our first and last name. Ah, of course. And her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up... It's huge. It sold 2 million copies in over 30 countries since it was released. That was only like six years ago. Yeah, it was recently like uh, 2011, I think. Yeah, very recently. So according to Marie Kondo, the long game goal of tidying isn't simply less clutter. It's to make us happier and to live only with items that truly spark joy in our lives. And in order to appreciate the things that are important to us and spark that joy, we have to toss out all the things that have outlived their purpose. So. Here's how you live the KonMari way. Step one, before you start, visualize your destination and ask yourself why you want to live like that. Uh, Remember visualization from the secret? Yeah, that was episode one. So visions like, I want to live a clutter-free life, those are too broad. Be specific. For example, one of Kondo's clients wanted a, quote, feminine lifestyle, which she defined as pink decor, herbal tea, and yoga. Kondo asked, why yoga? The answer was to get more exercise. Kondo asked why again and again until the client's final answer was to be happy. You should repeat the same process until your answer is also to be happy. 
Step two, clean in one or two days and make it an event. And clean by category. Don't do it by room because categories can spread across many rooms. Kondo says the best sequence for these categories is clothes, then books, then papers, then miscellaneous household items, and lastly, mementos. Start with your first category, pile everything up together in one place, and then on to step three, where the magic happens. Step three, take each item, one at a time, in your hands and ask, does this spark joy? If it does, keep it. If not, dispose of it, thanking it for its service. And during all of this, no distractions are allowed. No music, no TV. Step four is to donate or dispose of items that don't spark joy. Don't give them to your friends or family. Just get rid of them. Get them out of the house. This should be about two-thirds of your possessions. Step five, store your items according to Kondo's instructions. In closets, you have to hang clothes from short to long. According to Kondo, this will give you a euphoric feeling every time you look in your closet. In drawers, you want to store your folded items in such a way that they're laying on their sides, not stacked on top of each other. You can't see all of your sweaters when one's just on top of the other. You can see them if they're folded sideways, though. As for socks, roll them up in such a way that they almost look like pinwheels, right there in your drawer, all side by side. Step six, practice the KonMari way in everyday life. At the end of each day, pull everything out of your handbag and put those things away. Then put your handbag in another handbag, like nesting dolls, so your bags can spend time together. After each shower, wipe off your shampoo and soap and store it until your next shower. Only put appliances, food, and cooking tools on kitchen counters when you are actually using them. Oh, and throw out your dish drying rack and just put dishes on the fire escape to let them air dry. Decrease visual clutter on your bottles and package goods by removing labels. And when you buy new clothes, remove the tags and put them away immediately. That's what the book says. And so that's what we did for two weeks straight. Okay, Jalenta, let's talk about our first week of living by the life-changing magic of tidying up. Let's start with you. Okie doke. I was stoked to do this book. Of course you were. Yeah. I love tidying. I love downsizing. I love systems of use and efficiency. Your like, eyes are getting crazy I right want now. my house to be a spotless, like, robot-run home. Like, I just want it to be pristine and sterile. And my parents are the same way. Like, this is just how I was raised. Like, my parents are so tidy. There should be a TLC show about them because they're, like, the opposite of hoarders. And I was excited to be as tidy and, like, grown up as my parents. But my husband, Brad, was much less excited. Uh, here he is before we even did the visualization exercise. I want to warn you that whenever you talk to me or to other people in the future about this project, you saying, just grow up, just live, like, you just got to live like a grown up, you know, based on this thing that you have lived approximately zero minutes of your life. It's going to come off as really patronizing. Indeed. It's coming off as patronizing to me right now. And if you go, and I, I'm with you all the time. So if you go into the outside world and start spouting off about how you just got to free yourself, you know, like we live with so much shit day to day and like just grow, like we always have to grow up and stop living like rat people. They'll go shut up. Let me live my life and stop proselytizing to me about something you've never done. <laughs> oh my God. Holy smoky. I've never heard Brad that intense before. I oh my know. God. He was 
very nervous about starting this process, but I can't help it. I get so excited about this kind of stuff. Listen to our visualization. I want it to be... Yeah, I mean, healing, healing as weird as that word sounds. Like, that's probably... That makes sense, that you come home and you feel rejuvenated you feel inspired not like this is my self-destruction den but this is my like bright shiny haven exactly well and yeah and like this is a destination not just a retreat oh that's a really good way yeah i not just like the place to like sit and wait for the next day to come yeah 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 Ugh, that's all i do now i want to (laughs) cry it's okay hey I hate you. Okay. You got lots of great stuff going on. You host a podcast now. I know. Oh, you sound really ready for a change in this. I know. I am. I'm always ready. That's literally why we do this podcast. (laughs) So the next day we got started and I, like, I just loved it, Kristen. I loved getting all of our clothes in one spot. Sorting my clothes was so easy. It was so refreshing. It only took us like two hours to do all of the clothes. I only had one little hiccup at the very end of sorting clothes when I was working on shoes and I found these clog boots that I love. I am sick of these. They don't look good on my feet anymore. The leather's totally warped and misshapen. Like, they aren't sexy anymore. But they have been my signature shoe for the past, like, three years. But, like, holding them, I know they don't bring me joy. They've been cobbled, like, 20 times. They don't look cute anymore. I get upset when I have to wear them. But these are such good shoes, and they have meant so much to me. They've been my whole identity. Like, when you think me, you think of these shoes, right? (laughs) Stop laughing at me and please answer me. I, they look great on you. I don't know if I consider them a part of your identity. Really? Will you still love me if I thank them for their service? Yes. Oh, my God. So you got rid of the signature boots? Are you still my friend? Of course I am. I love you no matter what horrible shoes you have on your feet. Wait, did you think they were horrible? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh god! All wow! Right. No! Wow! But, but come on, let's move along. No, here. I know. I guess it's just hard. Like it's hard because you you realize you have such a huge attachment to these dumb things that no one thinks about other than you. Like, ugh, it's weird. But that was the only major blip I had. We kept tidying, and then when we got to the miscellaneous items, something kind of magical. Do I dare say happened when we put all of our electronics out on top of our bed? There's a hundred chargers. I feel like we're always like, where's the charger? Where's the charger? And we have 5,000 fucking chargers everywhere in this house, apparently. Like, it just makes nothing makes sense. Why do we have so many batteries? What uses batteries? We pulled out batteries from like four different places, too. What even uses a battery? Ugh, I'm like mad at it. There's yeah. just too much. This is the worst part. Why do we have all, like, Marie is right. This like, we don't know how much we have. Yeah, this makes me feel like the biggest garbage person so far. Yeah, just empty uh, earbud cases from old phones. Yeah, like, I might like, wrap why? Up those earbuds. Oh, yeah, we're going to put them back in that fucking thing it came in. Never. That is some 
very intense talk about batteries. I know, but for some reason, I don't know if we were just delirious from hours of cleaning, but seeing all of those chargers and batteries on our bed, like, really brought Brad and I together. We were really on the same page, and the rest of the weekend went, like, sort of a breeze after that. It sort of was this wake-up call of, like, we have so much stuff we don't use and don't think about that, like, actually viscerally drives us nuts. So it was magic. It was, it was magic. Oh, my God. It was literally magical. I'm happy for you. How was your first week, Kristen? So, obviously, you know me. I went uh-huh. into this book totally rolling my eyes. I'm sure you're not surprised about that. I mean, Marie Kondo is kind of bonkers. According to the book, she spent literally every day of her childhood running home from school and tidying and crying. Tidying and crying and tidying and crying. And when she was at school, she wouldn't play at recess. She would she try would to tidy the classroom. Yes. Girls intense. Yeah, intense. Anywho, despite her wackiness, my husband Dean and I actually tried to bring some sincerity to the whole book. So here we are doing the visualization exercise. Okay, honey, it's time for us to visualize the life that we want to have after the tidying. Don't I just want the same life with less stuff on the floor? No, that's not allowed. You have to have a bigger grand vision. Something that motivates the tidying in a bigger way. Okay. I've been thinking about it. And I think the life I would like is one where all of our stuff is more integrated into a shared marital household. Because I moved into your yeah, house. Yeah, that's right. That's then, right. So you and, fit your stuff sort of around my stuff. And yeah, no, I, I can yeah, see yeah. that. No, okay, so we have to take it to the next step now. Say, why? Why do you want that future? Yeah, honey, why do you want that future? But why? So that we can be more happily married. But why? So that we can be more happy. And that is the answer. She says when you get to the point where the answer is to be happy, then you are ready. Dean is such a classic (laughs) dude in this conversation. (laughs) Dean's like, do I just want the same life but like less clutter? Well, like, because my life's <laughs> fucking perfect. Well, that's what most people are going to say. If I not know, for, if I know. not for the Con Marie method, we would not have done the. And then why? And then why? We would not have done any of that stuff, but we did it, right? Because she told us to. And then we woke up early the next Saturday morning and prepared to tidy our first category, clothes. That took about six hours, and in the process, we managed to downsize our wardrobes by about half. Wow! So now I only have four jackets. Three pairs of pants, 12 skirts, 12 sweaters, and only 40 dresses. And I know you're... What? That look on your... That's insane. You know how many dresses I have in my closet right now after conmarrying? Three, and one is my wedding dress. Shut up. Really? Yeah. But you know me. I'm a dress person. I know. I know. I don't even wear other clothes besides dresses. It's true. So it's like, yeah. So for me, it totally made sense. But it did actually feel good. And after tidying the clothes, Dean and I managed to fit all those clothes that were spread out across all the rooms in the house into just one closet, one tiny dresser, and one full-size dresser in our bedroom. And we still have space in some of those dressers. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Next, we hit category two, books, which was pretty easy, actually. We now have fewer than 20 books, all of which are either the books my mom was reading at the time she died or my Nana's old cookbooks like the one she wrote with the Richfield Mother Singers back in the 1960s that I absolutely adore. Mm, those sound very special. They are irreplaceable, and obviously they spark joy. 
Then came Category 3, paper, which I managed to complete in just a couple hours. But then came one of the harder categories, miscellaneous stuff. That included everything from makeup and jewelry to cookware and scuba gear. Here's Dean and I talking through some of that stuff that I was on the fence about. And I haven't used any of these workout videos since we've moved in together. No, you haven't. <laughs> or, or the thigh master or the yoga mats or those blocks. Yeah. Is that because I'm never going to use them again? Or is that because I have to start using them again? What should I do about this? <laughs> well, that's a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> Let's just start by me saying, you look fantastic, honey. Oh, thanks, honey. You better think so. Um, no, but seriously, what should I do about the situation? I think any of those are a YouTube search away. Oh, that's a good way to think about it. Okay. I like your thinking. Hold on, I'm actually supposed to just be asking if they spark joy, though. Yeah, so, do workout videos spark joy? At this precise moment. At this precise moment. (laughs) Are you joyful about Windsor Pilates? Uh, No. That doesn't sound like the noise of joy, my dear. No. But Windsor's super good Pilates. Don't get me started, Jolenta. I thank them for their service. They are now gone. But you can definitely, Dean's right. A lot of the media stuff you can just find online whenever you need it or Netflix it. Like, you don't need it. Absolutely. So it was a little hard, but we dealt with it. But things actually got even harder with mementos. I had newspaper clippings of articles I wrote back in college, like hundreds of them. I had Christmas cards and handwritten letters from as far back as my teenage years. I had scrapbooks and thousands of photos. And you know what? I actually ended up getting rid of almost half of all those keepsakes. Wow. And the next day, we dropped off over 15 giant hefty bags to Out of the Closet, which is this charity that we just love. And we dropped off bags of linens and home goods to Goodwill. We left five boxes of books on the curb for all of the neighbors to rummage through, and they were all gone a couple of hours later. We threw out so many bags and boxes. And overall, I'd say the first part of the Marie Kondo book, the part about tidying up, it felt pretty successful. What about part two, living the KonMari way? We two things got a little bit different, and I don't necessarily mean that in a good way. But we'll get into that in a moment. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Okay, Jolenta, I already hinted that my week two was less than magical. But before we get into that, let's talk about your week two. How was it for you living the KonMari way? Kristen, week two was amazing. I loved it. I love living by the KonMari way. It's literally 
everything I've ever wanted from my life. I swear, like, I love efficient systems. I love clear surfaces. Every area in my house feels like a curated sanctuary where I could, like, sit down and meditate. Not that I would ever actually meditate. And really, the KonMari method eliminated all of the issues around my house, at least, that Brad and I bicker about all the time. Dishes in the sink, mail left out. Like, now everything has a place and you know where it should be. There's no gray area. So, like, you just do it. Oh, Marie Kondo would be so proud of you. But even though I thought things were better than ever in my house, a few days after our big tidy, Brad came out with his deep, dark secret about the KonMari lifestyle. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go fold for 20 or 30 minutes. I love you. Yeah, just getting, just how I get home from work now, just spend most of my night cleaning. <laughs> Time to give the soap. Where's the soap? Oh, here's the sponge. Oh, look at this great kitchen kit I've assembled. Oh, got it. Finished drawing the washing, the, finished doing the cutting board. Oh, the cutting board goes in a drawer. Well, you know what? I want to cut a strawberry. Better get out the cutting board. Ah, oh, I gotta wash that. Where the where is the sponge? Oh, it's in a drawer. Like that's my life. <laughs> no, I won't ever have strawberries again because I'm gonna go. Oh, like we don't eat in this house. So um, Brad doesn't sound like he's doing too great. No, turns out Brad is miserable. He's like cleaning and crying, just like Marie Kondo did as a little girl. Exactly. And at the end of week two. Like, I had to compromise for Brad's sanity. He wakes up at four in the morning. I don't blame him for not wanting to, like, spend every morning getting his shampoo out, his razor out, his soap out, wiping it off, thanking it, putting it back in a cupboard. No. So we're going to put the shower caddy back. We're going to let him keep his head and shoulders in the shower. That makes sense to me. Let the poor guy have his head and shoulders. Like, we can't all be like my parents who agree to live in, like, a sterile home in bliss. Like... Brad and I aren't compatible that way. And Kondo even says in her book that many women, after they adopt her lifestyle, end up getting divorced. Yeah. Like, now I see why. It is a stressful situation, restructuring your life in such a big way. And tensions are high. So I'm going to get a little less tidy, and I'm going to try to keep my marriage intact. But enough about me and Brad. Kristen, how was your week, too? Well, as you know, Dean and I are not a bickery couple. We don't really fight. But Marie Kondo made us fight. Things were so tense, much like Brad. Dean could not stand the setup of the kitchen. He could not stand how much time was being spent taking things out of drawers, putting things in drawers. No tools were set up in the place where you actually use the tools. It was driving him nuts. Here he is, much like Brad, dealing with kitchen frustration. Hey, hon. Yeah. I don't think this is supposed to be on the counter. It's cooking the rice. I, okay. We can't cook rice in the cupboard. It'll get moldy. <laughs> I don't care if she wants me to cook rice in the cupboard. I'm not no, cooking rice in the cupboard. I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was on. She doesn't want anything on the counters at it's all. It's cooking the rice. All right. Okay. It's cooking the rice. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, how are you adjusting otherwise to the new kitchen? I find it very frustrating to have to go into the cupboard to get soap to wash my messy hands because now I have to clean the cupboards as well as my hands. Well, she doesn't want the dish soap out. She doesn't want anything out. I understand what she doesn't want. What you're saying is as soon as our two weeks is up, you are putting everything back on the counter. I'm certainly putting the soap on the counter. I'm not leaving it under the sink. That's ridiculous. If you say thank you, soap. 
before you put it back in the cupboard. Oh, maybe that was the problem. You have to say thank you. Do you want me to try it now? Thank you, soap. Oh! Thank you, soap. Now I have to wash the cupboards. <laughs> Poor Dean. Have you ever heard him so I mad? Say, I am. Dean sounds so subdued and calm, but if you know Dean, this is Dean like off the charts furious. I've never heard him that quiet, which is what scares oh, yeah. me. I've never heard that rage. man whisper. It was pretty. Oh, it was pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. But it wasn't. But it wasn't just him. Day two of week two, I realized. Maybe I tidied too much. And there are some really important things in the house I can't find. Where's my passport? Oh, my God. Did we tidy too much? Um, no. Uh, oh, God. in your drawer somewhere. I threw 90% of my stuff away. Did it fall down the back of the, of the dresser here? Hold on. Oh, my God. Now do I have to untidy just to find my passport again? Oh, God. I'll look in the trash can. No. No, we took... We took seven bags of trash out, honey. I know. Oh, God. Um, Kristen, don't be mad at me, but... Why didn't you put your passport with all of your keep forever oh paper documents? Because that's where Brad and I put ours, oh and we know exactly where our passports are. Oh, my God. Do not are. start with me, Jolenta. I'm going to punch you. No. I'm just saying, like, it sounds like you didn't tidy right. Oh, my God. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you really con married, like, I know exactly where my passport is. Anywho, I still can't find my passport. And we're just going to drop that story there. And then things between me and Dean just kept getting more and more tense as the week went on. No, what are you doing? Hun, you can't put that in the dish rack. We were supposed to throw out the dish rack. What? Why no, don't we throw out the no, dish rack? Because, How do we throw the dishes? No, because, honey, she says the dish rack looks like it's cluttering the countertop. So what she does is she just took the dish rack, put it in the trash, and she now dries her dishes by setting them on the fire escape. So we have to on just put we just have to put them outside the window. On the fire escape? Yeah. That's ridiculous. But... That, that is irresponsible. No, we have to live by Our the book fire. for two weeks, Our and that includes putting stuff on the fire escape to dry like Marie Kondo. Okay. Honey, our fire escape is four stories up above the front door of our apartment building. It's full of kids. The very first thing that's going to happen is something is going to slip through the fire escape, shatter on the third or second or first floor, and break and send shards through a window... And down into some child's foot as they walk in the front door. This is ridiculous. I mean, Dean's right. <laughs> so hold on. You we had the same problem. No, we, we according to our building rules, cannot do that. All so of you our were fire giving escapes, me a hard time about no. my passport, and yet you were not following yeah. the rules about I mean, the dishes. But we got rid of our drying system, which was leaving out a dirty old dish towel and putting our hand wash dishes on it. Uh, we stopped doing that, threw out that dish towel because it's grody. And we now, if we have a dishwasher, we're lucky. Not a lot of people in Brooklyn have no. those. So when dishes are not dry enough from the dishwasher or when we have hand washed something, we just towel it dry really quick and immediately put it away. Good job, Jolenta. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you are so bitter about this book. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. But this was very tense. It just... It was so time consuming. Every day taking my handbag and putting it in another handbag and another handbag. I know. Like, are you kidding me? Why was I doing that? Why was I wasting that much time 
doing that. Why didn't I get to have my shampoo in the freaking shower with me? Why? It was driving me nuts. And it was driving Dean nuts, too. And at the end of the second week, I asked Dean if he thought we even actually got anything good out of it. I do think we now have a significant shared trauma. (laughs) I mean, come on. I think our biggest problem initially was our bedroom, and our bedroom still doesn't feel like it's 100%. No, it doesn't. And I don't know why. Is it because it's not rearranged? Sometimes rearranging makes things feel more, you know, homey and inclusive. Maybe we just need to buy furniture together. The bedroom still feels like it was completely decorated by you, with the exception of... Your art. I think maybe we should have just sat down and had the conversation about how you don't feel like our living space is as integrated as you would like it to be. And we could have just maybe thought about <laughs> buying some furniture instead of this book. Okay, Kristen. You're going to get mad at me again. I probably am. But although the book was stressful and and I agree... This sounds like a bit of an endorsement of the book. Even though it was tough, Marie Kondo got you and Dean to talk about some stuff that it seems like you actually needed to talk about as husband and wife, like that you were avoiding. It got us to talk about some stuff, but don't take that, Jolenta, as an endorsement of the book. Okay, not so fast, Kristen. We're going to talk about endorsements or non-endorsements in just a moment. But first, let's remind our listeners, we always love to hear from you. Have you done the life-changing magic of tidying up? How did it work for you? Our phone number is 505-510-BOOK. Email us at buythebook at panoply.fm, or you can tweet at us at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at buythebookpod. Can I take another bathroom break? Yeah, can I too? Yeah. Be break. All right, Jalenta. It's the moment of truth. Time to lay down our verdict on the life-changing magic of tidying up. Did it work? Do we recommend it? Kristen, I love this book. Yeah. Duh. duh. Yeah, yeah. It validated all my deepest desires to gut my living space and start over in a sparse, simple, beautiful environment. But I have to be honest. I watched this book torture my husband. It sounds like this book tortured you and Dean. Ever since we've done this book, you've had, like, a pretty dark, somber demeanor that makes me worried. I know, and I'm usually quite jolly. I know. It's made my life a lot less happy. Yeah. I love this book, but I'm not blind. It has added a lot of stress and resentment to people's lives who have done it, from what I've seen. And honestly... I cannot, in good faith, recommend a book that causes so much anxiety. Unless you're like me and are some, like, fancy, sparkly, tidiness-loving unicorn. Oh, Uh, you are a unicorn. Not to toot my own horn. Uh, And you find a structured lifestyle oddly calming and sort of freeing. Great. Go for the book. You probably have already been interested in it. Someone's probably already given it to you. You're fine. I cannot recommend this book to people who aren't drawn to it. Wow. I'm so surprised. I thought for sure you were going to recommend it because you have actually been blissful while the rest of us have been miserable. Yeah. 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 I'm so surprised. What about you? What did you think of the book? So I will say, honestly, this book was super useful during week one. Thanks to the book, Dean and I have our kitchen dishes integrated, which 
our goal of having a more integrated lifestyle, that made me happy. I have my Nana's old jelly jar glasses that I used to drink out of when I was a child. I have my plates. I have other things mixed in with his stuff in certain rooms. But the actual lifestyle made us miserable. As you just pointed out, it made us tense. It made us fight more. It made our home not better as a married couple, even though that's what we were setting out to do. It actually did the opposite of that. And it did not spark joy. And can we have just like a real conversation about Marie Kondo's version of joy for a second? Uh Uh-huh. So a joyful home for her is antiseptic. Yeah. There's no room for unpredictability. There's no room for surprises. There's no room for messiness. And I'm going to get kind of philosophical here for a second. Whoa. For me, it's in messiness and surprises that we also find food and art and laughter and sex and love. All of these things that are messy and unpredictable and surprising, they make life wonderful. I'm going to quote something from Dead Poet Society. Yeah, uh, going all the way the back. Quotes, girl. Yeah, medicine, law, business, engineering—these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love—these are what we stay alive for. Does Kondo not feel the same yearnings as Dead Poet Society or me? I don't think she does. She tells us that we have to actually take our art and put it in our closets. Why would I put art in my closet? To bring you secret joy. And let's talk about the inefficiencies of her lifestyle. We've already talked a little bit about the kitchen stuff, the shower stuff. But just as far as actually having a functioning life, any person in any trade knows you keep your tools next to your work. It makes no sense. If an efficiency expert came in, they'd say, Why are you keeping your soap in a cupboard rather than on the sink where you use the soap? Why are things so inefficient? It makes no sense. I really feel like it's a matter of taste. Like, I agree with everything she says. I am a messy, creative person, but I thrive in, like, these sterile work environments that help me stay focused and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like it truly does not jive with so many people I know. It just struck me as sad, actually. Yeah, it's it's very limiting. It actually made me think that Kondo felt that she had to hide all of her stuff in life. Like, mm-hmm. she would rather hide everything in drawers and have a less convenient, less interesting life than to have yeah. a more convenient, happy life with all of her self-perceived imperfections on the outside. Trying to hide everything away seems, like, really emotionally unhealthy. I never looked at it that way. Yeah. 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 So uh, does this mean you're not recommending the book, Kristen? Well, this is going to sound like a little bit of a cop-out, and I will totally own up to this. I'm going to recommend half the book. Uh, The tidying part, that actually was really good. I'm so glad our house is less cluttered. I'm so glad that Dean and I have our things a little bit more integrated, but I just cannot recommend the second half of the book. It seems soul-crushing and sad and inconvenient and all those other things I said to you. So I just can't recommend the second half, but I will actually say, yes, the first half of the book worked for me. You're so reasonable. I like to think I'm balanced. I'm glad you didn't see that as a cop-out. No, no. I think it's totally valid. I think, especially in American society, we have too much shit. We put too much value on our stuff. But I think this really limiting, really structured lifestyle only helps certain personality types thrive. I do not think that is universal, and I don't think you need to force yourself to do it. Good. Well, I'm not going to anymore. I'm going to go back to being happy. Yay! Yay. Congrats!
And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Our producer is Cameron Drews. Our composer is Nate Wyda. Thanks also to Mia Lobel and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've done the life-changing magic of tidying up and how it worked or didn't work for you. Our phone number is 505-510-BOOK. Our email address is bythebook at panoply.fm. And you can also tweet us at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts as it helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Nobody else got that line. It was stupid, but... Jolent is like, anybody want a peanut? And then I said, stop rhyming. I mean it. (laughs) But no one rhymed until you made it the rhyme. (laughs) Like, that's not funny. It's so funny. (laughs) Don't encourage her.